Uh, this has kind of been a, a running theme for my, my series, my faith that works, faith that works. And the first time I really worked, I, I worked construction for my father. I was a, a day laborer. I did the string line, and they, I eventually got promoted to where I could drive the truck, remember? And then um, hay bale fell, and I was arrested. Um, it, it was taken care of. I don't think I cleared that up. It was, it's no longer on my record. In fact, it was as long as, okay. But then there was another time, Okay. My dad did not let me work for him after this. This was the it, the it okay? So this will be probably my last story with road construction. But um, I was driving the water truck, okay? Big thing of water, and I would turn it on and spray the dirt, and then I'd go around, fill it back up, and do it again, right? Because it's summertime, and the dirt apparently needed to be wet. I think dad was just giving me a job just so I wouldn't hurt anything else, but I managed to hurt something else, okay? So with the water truck, you have to take the fire hose and you connect it to the truck and you turn it on. This is an important part. You pull the lever to turn it on, okay? Remember, important. Then you take this hose and you took it, hook it up to the fire hydrant. I should have had a fire hydrant. I had one. So you should have hooked it up to the fire hydrant. And then you go and you kind of press one little button. And water magically fills this giant tank, okay? You kind of turn it on, and then water just fills it up. Well, I missed that very important step of turning, opening the lever so the water can actually go into the truck, okay? So as soon as I turn the fire hydrant on, water is splashing me, like profusely coming from the truck. The hose that connects from here to here is now open. My truck is falling apart. I don't know what to do, okay? So I'm like, fine, I'm soaking wet, it's hot, it's July, I'm okay with it. I go and turn my fire hydrant off because I knew that that would stop the water eventually. So finally I do that, I stop it, I I turn it off, and I go and get in my truck. Here's my second mistake. You need to unhook the hose from the truck and the fire hydrant before you move your truck, okay? Okay. It's, it's really important, and praise God, there is no picture, all right? But I, I still have this story living in me. And the other gift that God gave me that day is it wasn't one of those canvas fire hoses. It was a coil hose. So as I started to drive off, it just began to uncoil on me. It was that day that I wanted to have two superpowers. I wanted to either be invisible or to fly, all right? One, so that no one would know that this was my thing, and I wanted to get the heck out of Dodge, right? Because sure enough, as soon as, I love that picture, um, as soon as I was going, I had to radio my dad and say, Dad, can you send Roy down to the fire hydrant at the end of my work site? And I can just hear him. This is the radio where everybody can hear you. What did you do now, Stephanie? (laughs) So my experience in that, but this invisible or flying, I want to go back to that for a minute because I was listening to NPR, I love NPR, and I think This American Radio, This American Life was um, asking that question, if you could choose a superpower, if you could choose one, would you choose to be invisible or would you choose to fly? Now if you're invisible, you and the clothes that you are wearing are invisible, but anything that you are touching for example, would not be. But if you were able to fly, then it, you're not invulnerable. You still could, could potentially get injured. 
What would you choose? Well, this question came up on the radio, and then the people were saying the question that came up after that, and what would you do with it? What would you do with this ability, this gift? Me, I would fly away, I'd go and tour the world, all this kind of stuff. But, but in the radio response, no one offered to help anyone else. Because if they were to go save someone from a building, like fly up to the building and save the person, then they potentially could get burned as well. If they were invisible, then people could just walk all over them or, or they could get injured. And, and it was all these things about what they could experience. They could go and get that newest gadget that they wanted and no one would know it was them. It was never about serving others. And I find that really interesting. I want us to pause for a moment now and look at our scripture in light of this idea. Will you join with me now? It'll be up on the screen. It's also in your bulletins. We're going to be reading from James chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, through chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Chapter 4. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and you do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. This is God's word for us today. So in this survey that, that I just mentioned, uh, the selfishness of the human tendency is pretty evident of how we want and we desire first and foremost for ourselves, right? We want everything to kind of be about us, what I can get, what, what I can benefit from. James tells us and he explains that all the wars and the division in society and the corruption around us People kept choosing and following the wisdom of the world. And only in the end we're still left feeling empty and not satisfied. We're still unhappy and we're still searching and trying and seeking to find those things that we ultimately really want but aren't ever going to benefit us. I want to bring up another image. This one is at Christmas time. Well, probably the day after Thanksgiving, to be honest. 
Black Friday, right? I'm not trying to jump the gun and get us to Christmas earlier because Hobby Lobby's already ready for that, by the way. So if you need your tree, they've got it. But um, Christmas is a time that we really hear people's true desires. Of course we sing songs, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. I'm sorry, Mark, don't, don't judge that. Um, but we sing that, yeah, this is what we see. This is what we experience. If anything, Christmas draws our attention to the pull and the tension of who we are, of what's going on within us. On the one hand, we desire these relationships and that to be the focus. And yet we fill our schedules with parties and, and running to do our shopping or, or decorating or just the last minute stress of it all. We say we desire peace and good for everyone, but we consider all the money and all that we need to spend on ourselves and, and those around us, right? Of course my children need 85 presents under the tree. Why wouldn't they? So we see this same tension, this same stress and struggle that we have at Christmas. You can change that now if you want. The same stress and struggle that we have, we see that in the church with people. People come to church expecting, wanting to experience a community, something that is different than the rest of the world. They come here to experience love and grace and peace and mercy. They come expecting to get along, to have healthy ways of, of working through differences and divisions. But when people really get involved, they discover that there's still politics. There's still tension and arguments over what people want. People leaving the church because they're upset with what's happening within it. See, that's what James is talking about in this. And he sees such discrepancies within the church himself. And so he writes this letter. James is one of those letters that we can learn from every day of, of how to live a di little bit different. And he's so concerned with how Christians are treating one another in the faith community. There's a biblical scholar, and he was my New Testament professor at Candler Seminary, and he wrote this. He says, James is addressing members of the Christian community who gather in the name of Jesus and profess the faith of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. That's great, right? But whose attitudes and actions are not yet fully in friendship with God. Whose attitudes and actions are not yet in friendship with God. You see, we are called to be these people of peace. That spot creaks every time. <laughs> We're called to be this, this people to, to experience God's love, to know Him in our lives, but to also celebrate that with one another. But the church is one of the worst places at times because of the division and, and the, the heartache within it. Have any of you ever been upset by what's taken place in the church? i got to tell you a story. This wasn't in the sermon, but i got to tell you. I served another church in Columbus. And it was All Saints Day. And it's a, it's a beautiful time where we remember those who have passed away. 
And we just did it by, by simply lighting a candle as we proclaimed their name. So I had this small little table that was in a closet in the back of the church. And I had taken the table out and draped it in white and had just some candles out for people to come and light candles of their loved ones who have passed away. However, All Saints Sunday is also Communion Sunday. And what I didn't realize is my people that came and fixed communion, that table was theirs. So they let me have it. Five minutes before church started, one in and out the other, they were just spewing negative toward me. And I had to go and preach just a few minutes after that. I had to serve them communion, the body and blood of Christ, the cup of salvation for you. And everything that is in me wanted to take that plate and just bonk him over the head with it. I didn't cry at that moment. But I remember leaving and going home that day and just losing it. How can I stand up and speak of love and peace when there is so much hurt and heartache and even hatred within that church? I'm not saying that's happening here. But I think we've all kind of had that experience. We experience such a devastating blow to us. I want us to hear this passage of scripture again, but this time I'm going to be reading from a paraphrase called The Message. You may be familiar with this passage. Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. I love this. Here's what you do. Live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition is not wisdom. Boasting that you are wise is not wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilishly conniving. Whether you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. 
You want what isn't yours, and you will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You are spoiled children, each one in your own way. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. See, James is recognizing this struggle that we all live in. He's recognizing that, that within us is this ability to grab, to take, to desire that which we want. It's to have the ability to fly but not save the person in danger. It's the ability to be invisible yet steal everything that you could possibly dream of. It's that Black Friday shopping at the hurt of another. We are called, we're called to be a people that get along with one another, that love one another. We're not called to say, I tolerate them. I can handle them in small doses. These are conversations I've actually heard recently. We're called to love. To have a peace within us and a peace that generates peace with one another. There's a world we live in that is full of wars and pain. Loss of life. Violence. And it seems like it's getting closer and closer. Am I right? Well, just this past week at Savannah State, fatal shooting. Think about what takes place in our own backyards. Our children going to school and coming home and telling me that the teacher had to separate two boys in first grade because they were fighting. For them to see that. For us to think it's nothing. It's, it's commonplace because of the world we live in. For those that have to leave their families and go overseas to be that, that shield of protection for others. I wake up every day and pray for those that put themselves in harm's way. We have quite a few law enforcement in here. But even those that are fighting battles. And I pray for our students who walk into the schools experiencing maybe being talked about, people gossiping. They experience hurt and heartache in their lives because people are not saying, let this be a place of peace. Let me share love with you. May we be that vessel. May we be that example to the world around us. May we stand firm in our faith, our faith that is diligently working for the kingdom of God to be here. And may we say with the confidence that God is in my heart.
That God is compelling me, compelling me, that was the word I was going to say. God is compelling me to speak love, to speak peace, to share what's in my heart. May I kneel before God and rise with a love and a passion within me to go and serve. It doesn't just have to be when there's a mission experience. It doesn't just have to be when Rebecca's Cafe is taking place or you're at Haiti or you're at the Dominican Republic. But this can be every single day of your life. It's one of the easiest things we can do is open doors for people. Because you know what that does? That makes us look up from what we're doing. And acknowledge people around us. Some of the other things we can do is is offer assistance to to help others in need. One of my favorite things that tends to be going around is that the pay it forward movement, right? Maybe you've been a, you've been blessed by this. We were a, we were at the. Um, the red box. I was like, it's this thing. We were at the red box and we were getting a movie and right on top, as soon as you open the thing, was um, a dollar bill and it was a, a microwave popcorn and it says, have a movie and a snack on us. Now, you still had to use your card to get it, but you had the dollar. I've heard of, of people at Starbucks and they've paid for the car behind them. This is one way, one small way that we could experience a love within our heart. But there's other ways. There's other ways that we can share peace in this world. And not just at Christmas where we get together and we sing the songs and we light the candle and it's so nice. We truly need to experience a life where peace begins with us. What are you going to do? Who are you going to talk with? What are you going to say this afternoon, tomorrow, Thursday, and even Saturday that can share peace and love with one another? You see, God calls us now. We we serve a God who saves, a God who brings us to this place to worship and to love and to know he is here. He's our hope. He's reaching out his hand to call us to that place. Our closing song is just that. God who saves. May the salvation you have within you Light a fire to go forth from this place and serve others. Let us pray. God, we know that you shattered the darkness and you rose to life. You are leading us to call upon your name. You are hope of all. You're reaching out your hand. And as your people call, Lord, we pray now that you would come. And let your will be done. Fill in us that we would see your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, your name above all others. And that your light would shine brighter. And we would lift your name higher as we seek to be that peace in this world. 
guide our voices, guide our way, and may we serve you with faithfulness. Amen. the phone.